This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Sound the gifting panic alarm. We've all been there. You need to find the perfect gift. You have absolutely zero ideas and you don't know where to start. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. Just answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Imagine pages of artisan espresso mugs for the coffee connoisseur in your life. Or for the pickleballer, customized paddle covers in every shade imaginable. Etsy's got you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and your tushies do too. No matter what kind of butt you've got, you'll feel comfy while your baby's mushy little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Get your baby butt in the best-fitting diaper. Huggies Little Movers. We got you, baby. The CBS Evening News, after this short break. Today's CBS Evening News podcast is sponsored by Ancestry. Ancestry can help you discover your origins, build a family tree, and search historical records, giving you more ways to connect with your family. It can even spark some interesting new conversations around the dinner table. Visit Ancestry.com to learn more. Good evening, and thank you so much for joining us. There's breaking news as we come on the air tonight. U.S. intelligence sources tell CBS News they are now confident Iran shot down a Ukrainian jetliner near its own capital Wednesday morning. That means Iran killed 176 people, including more than 80 of its own citizens by mistake. Now, sources tell CBS News the evidence comes from satellites and other sources. The jet, a Boeing 737, went down as Iran's military was on high alert in the chaotic hours following its missile attack on U.S. forces in Iraq. That, of course, was in retaliation for that U.S. drone strike on Iran's top general. Well, tonight, Iranian officials are doing all they can to try and dispute the facts. We'll have more from Tehran in a moment, but Chris Van Cleve leads us off with what the U.S. says that new intelligence shows. Startling new security camera video apparently captures the flaming wreckage of Ukraine International Airlines Flight 752 raining down. U.S. officials tell CBS News the plane had just been struck in midair by two Iranian missiles. Most of the 176 on board were from Iran, and at least 63 were Canadian. Just after 6 Wednesday morning, as the Boeing 737 was climbing after takeoff from Tehran's airport, U.S. intelligence picked up signals of Iranian radar locking onto the plane. 
U.S. satellites detected the surface-to-air missiles were launched. Then came the explosion about two minutes into the flight. This video shows the moment of impact. And here, the plane on fire, crashing to the ground. Federal officials say missile pieces like this one appear to have been found near the crash scene. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. The families of the victims and all Canadians want answers. I want answers. That means closure, transparency, accountability, and justice. And this government will not rest until we get that. She was a really good person. Really good. Omedar Salani lost his sister, her husband, and his 16-month-old niece. Every moment, say, I'm going to wake up and it's a nightmare and it's over and she's home. And I'm going to knock on her door. She's hope. President Trump told reporters he had suspicion something happened to that plane. It was flying in a pretty rough neighborhood, and somebody could have made a mistake. Uh, some people say it was mechanical. I personally don't think that's uh, even a question, personally. Iranian military units were on high alert at the time of the shootdown. It came four hours after Iran fired missiles at two bases in Iraq, home to U.S. troops. The FAA had warned U.S. pilots to avoid the area. And Chris joins us tonight. How could Iran shoot down a commercial flight filled with its own citizens? Well, Nora, sources are telling us President Trump was worried about this exact scenario playing out in Iran. We know that plane was sending out a signal identifying itself as a commercial airliner. It was flying away from the conflict zone. And that radar operator that lit up the plane should have been able to see that it originated from the airport. One expert we talked to said common sense should have prevailed. It appears instead a horrific mistake when tensions were running very high. Incredibly Nora. horrific. Chris, thank you. Tonight, Iran is refusing to take any responsibility. In fact, they're calling the accusations that they shot down the plane psychological warfare by their enemies, despite intelligence to the contrary. Well, Liz Palmer is again in Iran's capital of Tehran tonight. Iran is flatly denying that one of their missiles could have brought down the plane. In fact, the Civil Aviation Authority called it scientifically impossible. Within hours of the crash, they were already pointing to a technical malfunction as being at the root of it. Uh, 45 Ukrainian investigators have now arrived in Tehran to take part in the Iranian investigation. They have not yet had access to the crash site. And just a short time ago, uh, the Iranian government unusually urged Boeing publicly also to take part. Iran has the black boxes. It says it's not giving them either to the U.S. Uh, or to Boeing, but... Uh, they have said they'll share the data with the Ukrainians and perhaps some other countries. And in other news from here tonight, a senior Revolutionary Guard commander is claiming that their strikes on the U.S. bases were not intended to kill, but simply to what he called hit the enemy's military machinery. Nora? All right, Liz in Tehran tonight. Thank you. Tonight, Congress is taking its first step to limit President Trump's war powers and force him to come to Congress before he takes any future military action against Iran. The president is also making a new claim about why he ordered that operation that killed Iran's top general. Nancy Cordes reports tonight from Capitol Hill. The president offered a new rationale today for the killing of General Soleimani. We did it because they were looking to blow up our embassy. A senior defense official said the Pentagon was concerned about a plot against the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad, 
But that's not what top officials told lawmakers yesterday in a briefing that infuriated Democrats. It was sophomoric and utterly unconvincing. And a pair Which of Republicans. Add, was probably the worst briefing I've seen, at least on a military issue, in the nine years I've served in the United States Senate. President Trump pushed back like today. But other people have called and they've said uh, it was the best presentation they've ever seen. He argued some of the intelligence can't be shared. It's okay if the military wants to give it, but they didn't want to give it. But Democrats are still skeptical, and tonight they fired a warning shot at Mr. Trump. The current resolution is adopted. Passing a resolution aimed at limiting his ability to wage war against Iran. Reign in this administration, send a strong signal. The president has no clear strategy. House Republicans stood by him. But the Democrats in this body are so consumed by their hatred of President Trump that they will not even stand with him in support of the killing of the world's deadliest terrorist. Who needs an intelligence briefing to determine that this is totally legitimate? And Nancy Cordes joins us now from Capitol Hill. So, Nancy, there's some other breaking news tonight on Capitol Hill about impeachment. I know that the House voted to impeach President Trump more than three weeks ago. So when is the speaker going to send those articles to begin that Senate trial? Well, Speaker Pelosi told me today, Nora, that she plans to release the articles soon, though she didn't say exactly when. And she says she's still holding out for more information about what this Senate trial is going to look like and whether witnesses will be called. But the Senate's leader, Mitch McConnell, said she's not going to get that information, that those decisions will only be made once the trial gets underway. And in a closed-door luncheon with fellow Republican senators, he told them to prepare for the possibility that this trial will start early next week. We'll be covering it. Nancy, thank you. Tonight, we're following severe weather that will threaten tens of millions in the South starting tomorrow. We could also see record warmth here in the East. Lonnie Quinn from WCBS-TV joins us now. Lonnie, give us the timeline. Okay, it's all going to kick in tomorrow, I would say, between 4 o'clock and 7 o'clock tomorrow evening. We're talking Texas up into Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana as well. It's going to last about 12 hours. This is going to be a long event. Some tornadoes are possible. Certainly widespread wind gusts up to 80 miles per hour or so. And then more tornadoes again overnight as it pushes to the east. By the time you get to Saturday, it's going to make its way into, say, the panhandle of Florida. But that threat exists all the way up into the Tennessee Valley. Now, as it pushes east, nor this thing is pushing real warm air to places that warm air shouldn't go. I mean, it could be almost 60 degrees, could be a record setter in Manchester, New Hampshire on Saturday at 57. Charleston could be 77 degrees. Uh, and then on the back side of this, we are talking some snow, not huge numbers, but portions of, say, well, say, Ma- uh, say Wisconsin into uh, Michigan could be seeing a foot of snow. So a pretty eventful 48 hours. Nor, let's go over to you. All right. Well, in the east sounds like golfing weather. Lonnie, thank <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Tonight, Prince Harry and his wife are finding out that breaking up with the royal family is hard to do. The queen was not amused by their decision to go public with their plan to quit some of their royal duties. And she wants the whole thing cleared up quickly. Imtiaz Tayab on why the royal family is so upset. Now you see them, now you don't. One of London's top tourist attractions have booted Harry and Meghan out of the senior royal enclosure following their bombshell announcement. Even in wax, it seems, the couple can't catch a break. But tonight we're learning the Queen is trying to help by ordering an urgent, workable solution to the couple's plans. It was only a year and a half ago the world watched their fairy tale wedding. But royal life hasn't been easy, especially on Meghan. 
you've got to thrive, you've got to feel happy. And I think I really tried to adopt this British sensibility of a stiff upper lip. Julie Montieu is originally from Illinois and married into the British aristocracy. She says she knows exactly what Meghan is going through. We may speak the same language, but it's a completely different culture over here than it is in America. You're part of the aristocracy here in the UK. Are you surprised by this move? Do you know, I think that the biggest misconception that I think people think is Meghan went into this knowing what she was getting into. I don't think anybody knows what they're getting into until they're in it. The royal couple are launching their new life with this new website, giving us a glimpse into the future they hope to have, which includes being financially independent. It's never really worked when previous members of the royal family have tried to combine mine royal work with commercial work. Harry inherited a fortune from his mother, Princess Diana, and Meghan made millions from her acting career. But it's Prince Charles who foots the bill for 95% of the couple's estimated $6.5 million a year in expenses. Now, Nora, Harry and Meghan have suggested the British government will continue to pay for their expenses when they're here in the UK. But now that they want to spend more time in North America, the question now is who will pay for their protection while they're there. All right, sounds like we're going to continue to cover the story. And Diaz, thank you. Tonight, a warning for parents and important information about a respiratory virus that's hitting infants and young children in the U.S. harder than usual this year. It's known as RSV. Every year in this country, about 57,000 kids under age five need to be treated in hospitals for it, and it can lead to as many as 500 deaths. Adriana Diaz now on what parents need to know. The flu-like virus has babies filling this Milwaukee intensive care unit. I think when we got here, it was like almost 100 breaths a minute. So you could really see that he was like almost gasping for breath. Just before Christmas, Robin and Sarah Comas' son, Colton, was diagnosed with respiratory syncytial virus, also known as RSV. We were scared and confused. Like, we had just gone to the doctor, so we didn't expect this. He was admitted to Children's Wisconsin, where we had to interview Dr. Michael Meyer in the hallway because the ICU is full. For you and I, RSV is a common cold virus. For little kids, because their airways and their passages are so small, you fill that up with secretions, suddenly it's very difficult to breathe. The CDC and state health departments don't track severe RSV like they do the flu. But besides Wisconsin, hospitals in at least four other states have reported a surge in cases. Three-week-old Paisley Mitchell's recovering from RSV at Arkansas Children's Hospital, which has seen 100 more patients than this time last year. After a week in the hospital, Colton is now recovering at home. It was super emotional to take him home. We were so happy to all five of us be in a room together for the first time in a week. Unlike the flu, which can spread through particles in the air, RSV is transferred by contact, which is why washing your hands and cleaning surfaces, including your phone, is so important to protect your kids. Nora? Adriana, thank you. Amazon's home security system Ring is under new scrutiny tonight after four of its workers were fired for snooping on customers' videos. Jonathan Vigliotti tonight on whether you, too, should be worried about your privacy. Which movie are you guys going to go see? Ring's do-it-yourself video security system has helped catch porch pirates and even connect clever kids with their busy parents. How do you turn on the kid channel? 
but its quick rise in popularity has exposed major cracks in its security. This time, parent company Amazon admitting Ring's own employees have abused their access. Amazon responding to security concerns raised by U.S. senators revealed that over the last four years, Ring has received four complaints, going on to say they promptly investigated and terminated each individual. Amazon said the employees were authorized to view personal moments from your home cameras, but their private access exceeded what was necessary for their job. It's unclear whether the employees accessed live or stored video. Ring saves video for up to six months at the request of the customer. The announcement comes as Ring also battles external hackers. Targets include children like this eight-year-old in her own bedroom. I'm your best friend. That video made the CEO cry, says CNET's Ben Fox Rubin. Ring is without a doubt in crisis management mode right now. There's, there's no doubt in my mind about that. And here outside Ring's headquarters, the company says they're reducing the number of employees who have access to that stored video to just three people. They also say they're changing all of the default settings on all of their new equipment to prevent hacking. Nora. All right, Jonathan, thank you. Police and animal control officers are on the lookout tonight for coyotes prowling the streets of Chicago. A 32-year-old man and a 6-year-old boy are recovering from bites in separate attacks. Our Chicago station reports the culprit may be a coyote that walks with a limp. Officials say a growing number of coyotes are coming to the city searching for food. American firefighters arriving in Australia today were greeted by cheers and spontaneous applause at the airport in Sydney. Those raging wildfires have scorched at least 20 million acres and claimed 27 lives. More than 1 billion koalas, kangaroos, wallabies and other animals have been killed. You never know where you'll spot new musical talent at a nightclub, maybe a street corner. How about a retirement home? Well, that's where Chip Reed met two up-and-coming stars. May I introduce you to the band? Meet the latest, if not the youngest, songwriting sensation. Marvin Weisbord writes the music. He's 88. But he's practically a teeny bopper compared to his friend, Alan Tripp who writes the lyrics and is scootily bop-bopping along at 102. All my life I tried to be a songwriter. I had to wait till I was 102 to be a success. What you have to understand is I was just writing a song for his birthday. That's I all. thought that was the end of it. <laughs> While a few it was just the beginning. Recently, they recorded an album, Senior Songbook. They call it music, like the 1940s, words for the 2020s. Have you been surprised by the response to these songs? Surprised is an understatement. We've been out of stock on the album. People want to make it into a cabaret show. The songs are about love and lost love. Wondering why you left me. I relive the past. And about the ups and downs of aging with a dose of humor. I know I ought to kiss you, but baby, there's an issue. I just can't remember your name. But do remember these names, Tripp and Weisbord, who say it's never too late to make your dreams come true. Chipri, CBS News, Brenmar, Pennsylvania. <laughs> 
I hope you caught that lyric. I know I ought to kiss you, but baby, there's an issue. I just can't remember your name. It's a good tune. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, Steve Hartman takes a DNA test and it changes his life. And that's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in Washington. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Hope you have a good night. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Varian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus.